bases loaded on the fence, just the leader from Townsend, militarised, launching his attack now, a length after Don Corleone, bases loaded in front, militarised, is heading top gear, militarised, moved up now, takes the lead late, and militarised, blows them away in the champagne. No hard luck stories for NCAP. He moved up to take the lead now at the 200 metres from Chaya Wolf Kintyre for the back to Capra. But NCAP's broken clear here. It's NCAP two lengths in front of Chaya Wolf and he breaks the maiden in style today in the Ming Dynasty. NCAP won easily there from Chaya Wolf. Now Nadala starting to thunder home. Moravia in front from Butch Cassidy. Cylinder's out now. He's charging, going to Moravia. Oh, Cylinder got out of jail to win the run to the Rose. Hard on the inside. Shinzo starting to run on. Cylinder takes the lead of the 200. From Shinzo giving chase. Cylinder, Shinzo, and right down the outside with a big run late. is in Baker coming home. Harkins Gavin. And now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview edition of Golden Rose Day. It's always a fantastic race. It's the race that says which three-year-olds really want to emerge after uh, showing some promises two-year-olds this year, of course. The Golden Slipper Quinella are at the top of the markets there with Cylinder, who ran second to Shinzo. Shinzo first up. Fascinating race. Could be some opportunities throughout the day. Let's hope so, too. Vince Cardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Yeah, good morning, Ralphie. How are we today? Mate, bouncing out of the box at 5.30 on a Friday morning. So that's when the information is, is as accurate as we can make it as of now. But, of course, if there's any changes with uh, with scratchings, et cetera, you'll, uh, we'll be covering that tomorrow in our updated podcast. But Rose Hill tomorrow, the rail's out two metres. Uh, looks like Sydney's beautiful weather's continuing. Um, how do you expect the track to play? Well, that's true. Uh, Sydney weather, you've got to love it, don't you? Absolutely. Never rained in Sydney, apparently. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Well, realistically, Ralphie, the best spot's going to be like one off the fence. Right. About four off the fence. That's probably going to be the hot the hot spot, and it's it's crazy. Those on paces are going to be, I would say, somewhat advantaged as well. Midfielders, back markers, they've still got their chances, Ralphie. It's just going to be those lanes. You see, you get a little bit wider, it's not as advantageous. So riders have got to be cautious in terms of where they're going to put themselves in that home straight. So a little bit of luck will be more of a, a prominent role as far as the outcome of some of these races. But if you're on a, if you're back in a horse that's, as they say, on pace, stalking, lead speed, and you can be one to four off the fence, you've definitely got the edges. Right, up and off by the sound of the up yep. on the speed, just off the fence. Now, uh, the, we'll start with the group one there, the Golden Rose. Small-ish field. Uh, Libertad comes out of the market, uh, the uh, the Annabelle Nisham Colt. But uh, there's a so bit of quality there. That, yeah, you have to take Libertad out for sure. Um, well, so that, that'll uh, cause a little bit of adjustments there. But uh, but as we speak, uh, Cylinder's the favourite. How are you seeing the lead speed in this race? Yes, lead speed-wise, Ralphie. <laughs> Everything sort of points to a benchmark plus three profile. 
So that speed's going to be reasonably good. I'd say it's a very low probability of below benchmark first section, particularly with you know that track having good speed in it. Yeah, so <laughs> these are cold two want to run. <laughs> yeah, as we, absolutely. As we regularly see. Yep. All right. Uh, I suppose we look, maybe even start with a matchup here because I mean they're, they're obviously at the top of the market uh, with Cylinder and Shinzo. Uh, Shinzo beat Cylinder in the Golden Slipper there, where uh, he, he sort of surprised the market a little bit. He came off a just okay win, but on the quick back up there, really launched for for uh, Chris Waller and Ryan Moore, who flies in. He's had an unusual preparation. First up, 189 days since the Golden Slipper, off a very sharp barrier trial, but on the 11th of August. So, uh, Mr. Waller's always uh, an interesting man to try and analyse from the outside. Uh, you, of course, uh, put your clock on things like the barrier trial, which you did say to our Group 1 members where we sent that bonus out. His trial was electric, but again, we're talking about nearly six weeks later, aren't we? So, uh, how are you assessing Shinzo when he's leading here? Yeah, I thought that was smart, Ralph, because maybe if they were to come and had another one or two or at least another one trial, they probably take a little bit of speed out of the, out of this horse's legs. And there's no need for that, particularly for a race like this. You need to have a little bit of freshness in your, in your legs, particularly if it's going to be like a you're going to need that burst of speed, let's say from the 550, 400 metre mark to the finish line. This is I just can't help but think it's going to be a big enabler for this horse. And when you look at that last trial, I know it is, a, it is a little while back, but the improvement the horse made from one trial to the other was like four and a half lengths, Ralphie. And that's got to be a big signal. His last trial was almost on in line with what the horse did second up last campaign. <laughs> and, and he ran past Zaki, so it was like so. You, you knew that uh, you got a horse of quality, but he ran past Zaki with a, uh, to the eye. It was dynamic. How quick was it to the clock? Well, from a clock point of view, you're talking about the trial, Ralphie. Yeah. Overall, it was only four point two below, but it was the seventh best trialer of the morning. And then you look at that closing speed, and that's probably the big signal that you're asking about it was 3.3 lengths faster than standard last 400 and 2.4 faster than standard the last 200 meters now off a shape that was pretty much 11.7 below but it was excellent acceleration between the eight and the four and that's what i like to see in the waller horses is that acceleration the acceleration was uh, 6.3 lengths ralphie Lovely. So um, he comes in here, as we said, first up. He beat Cylinder, as we said. He was $16 and Cylinder was $3.50 favourite in the day. So the market didn't expect it, but I'm sure Chris Waller expected it. So what did he actually do on the clock? And let, uh, Just to first uh, put that down as a bit of a benchmark, what, what did he produce on Golden Slipper Day? Are we talking about who Cylinder. Uh, so, sorry, Shinzo beating Cylinder yep. in the Golden Slipper. Well, that figure there was 2.6 above, ninth best of the day. And I feel that's the right starting point here for this horse is I have an expectation just off that last trial, even though it's six weeks between, this runner should run somewhere near or on that number first up. Well, so if if someone had delivered it to you and says, right, he's definitely going to match that number of 2.6, what, what sort of uh, expectation be- do you have? I've already got a pretty, you know, tunnel vision expectation. This is a two-horse race. The two or the three will win. I don't believe any other horse has got a chance, even though I am going to give some respect to NCAP because yep. it's like 
in the right form. It's doing all the right things and does have that rock-solid number. And it's only there just in case bad luck or someone doesn't turn up. That happens, yes. So, and, and <laughs> what I want to keep coming back to, though, to this is a stallion-making race. So as much as the Everest is on the table uh, for uh, Shinzo if he wins this, and Chris Waller did win it with a 3 on and yes, yes, yes. This is a stallion-making race. He's by Schnitzel out of Sam already. He's, he's just, so he's elite breeding. If he wins this on top of his golden slipper, this is a stallion worth a lot, a lot, a lot of money. So I can't see there being any reason why Chris Waller wouldn't want him to come to play as a starting point there. So we often say traders' expectations, Vince. Yeah, for sure, Ralphie. And even before it had its first race start, you could see in the trials this horse – just had something about it and and it's and it really started to deliver at the end and i just feel that he learned so much mr waller on what that horse had, you know in terms of being ready and what it did you know by the time it went through evolution of race one to four i'm sure i heard chris waller along the way say that um tommy berry first stamped him before he'd had a had a barrage uh, barrage hole he said this is something out of the box so there, there you go um cylinder conversely he's had the building prep so he's had two runs at caulfield and rose hill one by a dead set cigarette paper at caulfield first up improved at rose hill but again narrow win when nash uh, got out of traffic but this is a grand final time so this absolutely profiles like here we go. This is the race that we set him for from the time he walked into the into the barn from for his first uh, from uh, what was his first trial at Hawkesbury in, in mid July. So he's had a building prep to peak tomorrow. How are you assessing Cylinder? Well, he's he's really the only horse that stands in Shinzo's way from my perspective. Now the numbers this time in when we look at a first up benchmark, eighteenth best of the day, last start Rose Hill twelve hundred point three above. It is trending behind what it did last campaign, but what you can't deny is that last start. doesn't matter what anyone thinks, and I know it got up there and won by fractions. That's 7.3 lengths of acceleration over the last 400 off a near benchmark by the time it got to the 400 is elite level, Ralphie. And this is where there's a little bit of illusion about, oh, is the horse going as good? This, this horse is absolutely airborne ralphie and a repeat of that maybe shinzo won't catch it that's the thing right if that this race, horse, shape, race shape could play a factor yeah if this horse puts this sort of acceleration in and i see no reason at all and does have that fitness edge a race fitness edge then all of a sudden it's gonna have to you know shinzo will have to be tested there's no doubt and these and these two horses just look like they they're, they're the right sort of horses, Ralphie. They should be racing against open company at the elite level. Lovely. All right. So that, that's your, your definitive statement about those two horses. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned NCAP. In fact, before we get to NCAP, I'll just sort of round off that type of form line because Militarized ran the fourth best last 200 today, outstripped Cylinder's last 200 uh, yep. when beaten 0.7 of the length. He looks like he's set for the Caulfield Guineas, but what are you, what's your level of expectations for him tomorrow, particularly drawn inside for the Magic Man? Well, it's the one run, and now, as we know from past history, Rolfi, usually when they're three-year-olds, it's not like they're going to be jaded from any sort of performance. The overall number was slightly better last 400 than Cylinder, but coming off a slower shape in, in terms of where this horse was travelling through the first section. It was like more than a length slower. So 
when I sit down and I just look through the the mechanisms, the number, it all sort of points that I can't fault the run. It's fantastic. Just looks one run behind Ralphie. That's yeah. all it is. It's not like this horse isn't up to that cylinder class. Maybe there's not. I don't think there's much between them, but it just appears to be one run behind. And it's interesting that Marrera is on board, but I don't know if it's the same Marrera. <laughs> okay, righto. So you mentioned NCAP, uh, pretty faultless in what he did last start. In fact, that, that was a probably, I, I think, without looking it up, the, the, probably the, as good a performance as we've seen by a three-year-old uh, from this, this crop this season. Two links above benchmark. Well, he, he's the rock-hard fit horse. Yep. Without a shadow of doubt, and he's proven that he's got the capability. You just have a look at those four runs through the prep. Minus 1.6 first up, 1,400. Uh, I'm sorry, Warwick Farm 1,100 when it was 14th best of the day. Then went to Warwick Farm 1,200, lost again, but produced a 1.9, and then the improvement came. Went to Rose Hill, 1,300 metres, 0.7 above, third best of the day. And I definitely don't believe last start was a fluke. It was a two lengths faster than standard. It was the second best performance. Had a mid-race slowdown off a fast speed. This horse is absolutely battle-ready and can handle any type of shape that's going to be thrown out. And I feel this is going to have good speed. It's going to suit this particular horse. To finish off that last 400 metres with a plus 4.4 off a fast shape and a slowdown also gives the big signal that that horse there, you know, market price-wise versus what it's done, it's definitely not justified. This horse should be clear-cut third favourite. Well, he's $10, so that, that's there on the table. So I'll ask you about the, the couple that are shorter for, uh, than him, and you can put the context as to why you think NCAP should be in front of him. Starting with the Melbourne Philly Charmstone, she's been terrific this time in, but it's got to be said by the look of your IVR numbers, she is trending behind what these Colts are doing. She's definitely trending behind, and when you look at the profile, hasn't been able to yet deliver any type of uh, like sort of booming you know, mid-race moves or sprints. This is a climber, of course, a horse that's potentially on the rise. It is going to get some sort of favour in terms of the race shape. The question is this, is this horse ready for this battle? Because it's up against, firstly, it's going to be up against two pretty hot runners, Rolfie, and then NCAP. If I took away the other two runners, you're still going to get past the end cap. So this will be the, the real test. If they feel that they've got a, a top-line filly, they're going to be hoping this horse can finish first four. I don't believe the horse is going to be good enough to win. Usually, when you have standout three-year-olds, males, the females can't beat them. And I am just see the same things in the numbers here. It's that one to one and a half lengths behind them. Uh, really interesting run at King, Colorado. So it, it was in traffic first up, and they elected, and this is a very smart camp, of course, an elite camp in Mar Eustace, elected to take him on against the absolute best in, at uh, at wait for, wait for Age Group 1 level behind Fangirl and Zaki, et cetera, et cetera. So he didn't really see, see daylight. He since had a barrier trial, and he won a Group 1 at Eagle Farm as a uh, as a two-year-old over a mile. So he's obviously got some strength about him. What, what's, the, what's the numbers saying as far as the case for or against? Well, firstly, from a race point of view, it is good on him for giving it the trial because it definitely got a very poor race shape at that Randwick 1,400 metres. I mean, going 15 and a half lengths virtually below benchmark through that first 600 metres, 
doesn't help you a lot, Ralphie, in terms of being battle ready. The mid-race move was strong. Overall, last 400 metres, plus 2.3. They're all good indicators. The ranking on the day does give the right signal, though. 60th best of the day. And then when I look at its profile, other than the Kembla Grange run, first up, which probably... I don't believe the horse was suited to that ground conditions because it was definitely in that sort of S7HH range. I don't know, Ralphie, if this horse can be ready. I, I, first, I put it, should put it like this. Class-wise, we don't have a ceiling. Could this horse be a huge trender in this stable? For sure. There's no question that's all possible. But are you going to make that big leap of four or five lengths tomorrow? Well, some people might be braver than me. And you just rounded off with Don Corleone just for multis. You've got it in your at the end of your most yep. advantage line. This is a horse who, um, well, with three pretty good starts as a two-year-old, uh, ran top four at Group 1 level, the Blue Diamond runner-up, uh, Golden Slipper fourth and uh, second in the size produce there to mil militarise. Well, why I, I felt this horse sort of deserved to be up in that sort of top four is last campaign, you've seen some of the performances, Ralphie, Overall, 0.9 above benchmark at Sandown Lakeside when we go back to February last year. That was probably the real signal of where this horse is capable. I love the way that all sections were above benchmark as well that day with just a subtle sort of a slowdown. Not, you know, one that would have really damaged the overall figures, but definitely didn't allow the horse from an energy distribution point of view for maximum efficiency. Then I looked at this, This you know, it's only had the one run, but that trial, 7.6 below, leading into the first up run, no doubt you could see how much the horse had improved. Like, they wanted all the fitness to come out of and the conditioning to come out of a race because it was a 6.3 length improvement off the trials. That's a sign the horse is going well. The last 400 metres as well was really strong, 5.1. Now... I'm making cases about how well they're going. But in my view, they're a long way behind what I expect to see out of the other two. Nice and simple way of uh, rounding it up. Okay, let's start. Uh, we'll go in, uh, in in order of uh, how the uh, the card's unfolding once the stakes races start, and that is from race four in the program here, uh, which is the, um, the the listed sprint, the Heritage. A couple mm -hmm. of nice emerging, uh, emerging type of three-year-olds uh, taking place. Royal... Tribute returned with a pretty sharp win at Hawkesbury. His only other start, he ran second at Randwick to Osmosis. So that's the form line there, Osmosis and Royal Tribute. How are you breaking down race four in the program? Yeah, well, it looks like this team have got a nice horse there, Ralphie. Best of the day. I love it when you can go out to a provincial track, produce the best performance of the day coming off a maiden. That's a great sign. And generally that profile, put them anywhere at their next start, I'm not saying necessarily on a Saturday Metro, but it is the right stable. They usually just win again. Yep. And this horse comes into this race. You don't even have to race, run benchmark to potentially win this. And if I take it from taking a, like a one-step-back sort of approach and just looking at it from a distance, you would sit in and say, well, the horse has got to be almost unbeatable because it's going to go forward, it's going to lead, it's going to control the race, and they won't run it down. <laughs> Pretty simple. Yeah. It's got the best 400 metre sprint in the field. Well, also at Hawkesbury, and we, we often see this with uh, with dominant uh, favourites, um, where, the, where the rider just owns the race. It, it, it's best of the day, but it also included a slowdown. It did. And, 
you could also look at this horse had a taper at the end in the race. Yes. So there's going to be a little bit more improvement to come. If it runs benchmark or better, you'll probably sit back and say, what a great price. So was Moses' favourite. He beat him at Randwick, as I said. He's, uh, he also ran best of the day on debut at, uh, at Gosford before winning at Randwick there, and he, he's had a barrier trial. How are you lining up, Osmosis? Well, this is a horse that's obviously got some ability. The question is right now, even with that you know sharp trial performance, it's still indicating that it's set to run to benchmark. Now, the test will be you're in a race, it's going to be stalking, Royal Tribute everywhere. And you know, we well, we know from experience that the Bjorn Baker team, if they've got a horse ready to go, then you have to give it respect because it's going to be fit enough. It's just now, is it going to be classy enough? Yes. Because Royal Tribute has definitely taken a big step forward and he's a far superior horse to last campaign. In fact, I'm looking at the Intel and the Intel saying that Royal Tribute's probably set to improve three lengths off last campaign. Uh, Les Bridge and uh, Kieran McAvoy had uh, a classic legend win, win at Everest, the big grey, and this celestial legend looks like it's got a little bit of promise. Uh, finally, uh, I'll, I'll just ask you about how you're lining up classic legend, uh, cl- cl- celestial legend, rather, who, uh, who looked like it had a pretty sharp trial lead in. Yeah, good trial as well, Ralphie. A little bit unknown for me in this respect. When you look at that win at Rose Hill back in May, and the overall scorecard had it at like 2.3 links below benchmark, rank 25. It's probably unfair because I look at it like this. You came off a Canterbury run, 15.2 links below benchmark through that first 400 metres. You improved 10 links in early speed when you got to Rose Hill. But there was no move in the mid-race. Like, they just stayed there. And then the horse, like, exhilarated with tremendous energy. Like, it went 3.5 above benchmark last 400 metres. But if you look at that acceleration, the acceleration was like 8.9 lengths, Ralphie. That's a massive explosion. And that's also a sign, like, the horse was ridden just to win the race. It wasn't ridden to see how good are you. So it could be the hidden runner in the field, Ralphie, in terms of the numbers, because I do have a case where I could have this horse plus one. And if that's the case, then why shouldn't it be up in the top three? All right. Sounds like you're pretty bullish about Royal Tribute. They will talk business tomorrow. Uh, race five in the program here. So it's a staying race. Um, these Sydney races, <laughs> Sydney staying races, sometimes can be a bit of a head scratcher. But we know Arthur Baskin had, had a little bit of talent. We, we put, a, put him in the Sizzlers uh, last, uh, where was it, last spring at his first Australian run. He, he ran a bottle uh, above benchmark by Star of India. He's a shocker in Bordeaux Jean. Uh, didn't really come up last autumn. It showed a little glimpses, but then failed badly at, uh, at Randwick and they spelled him two sort of okay runs and then 17s in the 13s and one but wow we look at this race shape here vince verona was favorite in the day and verona <laughs> gets its chance to turn the tables here yeah all right well if we start with asapaskin first ralphie yeah performance wise last start it's made all the right steps i mean if you look at it from a stable point of view 6.4 lengths below benchmark first up at 1600 Randwick, then went to 2000, got beaten four and a half and ran 3.6 lengths below benchmark. Now, mind you, you look at that race shape that day, 15.4 lengths below benchmark five, first section. That was like five lengths slower than the run before. It's hard to get real fitness out of that. And it went to 2400 and all of a sudden you're in a race. 
right, where you need to, you know, be like right on your mark. And the horse is travelling 1.9 lengths below benchmark, pretty much like on par with the best that's ever done in the, in Australia. Improve this race pace between the eight and the four by going like 1.8 lengths faster than standard. Probably the best signal for me was the end. The horse lost 1.7 lengths of conditioning, and that really put everything into place, saying you have to go so much faster than your previous two runs. If that horse didn't weaken late, then I'd say, oh, they must have had this horse really screwed down like in terms of fitness. But no, the reality is the horse has come in and lost 1.7 lengths of conditioning late, and therefore must be a big improver going into this race. So we, we switch the hats now to number nine. Ran third yep. Yep. And we look at, okay, what's happened to you? Firstly, it's had a lot more racing. The next step is this. It, if we look at the Rose Hill victory at 2,400, and this is a fair gauge to sort of give us the indication, that was a 0.3 below benchmark performance. That day, that horse was travelling 2.2 lengths below benchmark first section, had a little bit of a slowdown between the eight and the four, probably didn't help it a lot, but what it did assisted in, that big burst of speed at the end, going 2.4 lengths faster than the standard last 200 metres. All the signals this horse has been giving is this horse was already like right on its mark in terms of fitness conditioning going into that race. Then went to Randwick last start, travelled 7.9 lengths below benchmark first sec. Now, mind you, that's somewhere closer to what the horse likes to travel at, somewhere around that five to seven lengths below benchmark. So they had this horse in its absolute comfort zone. Between the eight and the 400, it showed great acceleration. It did lose some um, (laughs) slowdown, I should call it, between the six and the four. That, I have to mark, has been a key negative. It was around three and a half lengths and didn't help the horse. It rebounded well, but that taper, last 200 metres, was it because of the slowdown and then the horses had to quickly accelerate again? That's what caused the trigger. It's not a conditioning situation. Because, see, if it was conditioning, I would sit down and say to you now, Ralphie, well, it's definitely going to be Athabaskan. But I'm not sure if that's the case. I'm sitting back here and saying, well, it was probably more like the way the race was run, not the conditioning, because I felt this horse was already like almost fully fit going into that run after the 15th or the 7th. There's two others uh, deep in the market. They're both trained by Chris Waller. Ella Beers on the quick backup from the Just Fine sensational race last week. So, uh, And he's got a Rose Hill 2400 win, so same track and distance listed win uh, from June, but it was an absolute walking race pace. So uh, as far as that was concerned, wouldn't want to be bringing that IVR tomorrow. No, no. That was What was really interesting in, in terms of like battle pressure, and given that this race, I don't believe, is going to have anywhere near the same intensity, it's probably going to be a bit of a plus for the horse. But also, I mean, this horse really has been up since March, Ralphie. And then we had this little bit of a break, you know, 70 days, and you have a look at what the horse is. And has it really been able to trend past that performance of uh, what it did at Doombin on the 19th of the 8th? It was 0.9 below. And, yes, that last start at Ramwick. What I liked about it was it was a fast run race. It was going plus 1.5 first section between the eight and the four, travelling five lengths faster than standard. Really tested what this horse has got to deliver. And 
there was no real taper at the end. The horse rebounded with you know a point one above benchmark last two hundred meters. I, I feel this horse like I'll be a little bit surprised if this horse turns up and finds a length or two. I, I just don't see it. I, I feel we're seeing the best of the horse last start, and it's going to be probably a little bit behind these two. All right, we might leave that race there if we talk business tomorrow and you're, uh, you're going to be more invested. We, uh, we'll d- deep dive into that. Really good race, this uh, this mare's race. Only small field, though. The uh, 400,000 uh, golden pendant, the Group 2. Uh, these Waller horses dominate the market. A Tissue, Espiona, Zugotcha, and uh, Annabelle Neesham's having a first start. Annabelle Neesham, she's a belter that we know has got talent and uh, we'll... we'll uh, peel that apart a bit more too, but your starting point here on the grid is uh, is Espiona, and uh, I suppose the other point to to ask you about what type of pace do you think is going to be here in a small field? Uh, could be re- very messy. Yeah, could be very very messy, Ralphie. If they all run to the natural s- speed, we'd have benchmark, right? Yep. In a small field, is Rachel King going to do that? Maybe she's not one that holds them up up front, so I like that. So I. We're a chance. We're a fifty-fifty chance of benchmark. If we don't, well, Ralphie, geez, who knows? Are we going to go seven lengths, ten lengths below benchmark? I don't know what could happen. I'm, we don't want Rachel Kicker to do the Jimmy Orman do last Saturday and hand up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is it, right? So we just we've just got to see. Of course, would I like a benchmark speed? That's the golden pace, right? If we get yep. that. Either way, that. Even if they go a little bit slower or slightly faster, it probably is going to help Espiona, who's come off a, like a booming run last start. How and, good was it? Oh, it was it was a, it was electric, Ralphie. Two point three lengths faster than standard, third best performance of the day, and put the riding on the wall. The horse, it's a five year old mare who's probably set to improve one or two lengths from last campaign. And right now, the way I've got on the trend line this horse's trending is probably either the second or third best uh female running around the country right now well so that so, means on yeah. uh, on talent uh it sounds like you're pretty keen um we'll also ask you obviously about espiona but is there, is there a race shape query oh well that's what i was talking about espiona yeah. sorry yeah, so, sorry, I meant Espiano. Yep. I, I know you're talking about Espiano. I'll ask about Zagotcha. Um, but so she was super. You've always said she's a dry tracker. And, of course, last prep she won the uh, won the uh, Coolmore. Uh, I think it was the Coolmore. It was the group one at Rose Hill. The other horse was she's a belter who, who came through that. And that was a high-pressure race. But she missed that real heat that has seemingly busted open a few horses, including uh, uh, Anna Visto and Pride and Jenny from that race. So she was super there. Good return here. Is there a race shape query? Well, let's say they go slow. Yep. And we have, we're looking for 400-metre sprints. Well, firstly, if there's any possibility of any flatness, that's going to be 100% in this horse's favour. And if it gets down to a big burst of energy, there's probably only one other runner at the moment that's, pro- that's most likely able to match it or be near that sort of high-pressure 400-metre sprint because I've got this horse going into this as the best 400-metre sprinter in this field if we get down to a sprint. Well, that's a good starting point. Zoo gotcha, we know he's got quality. The stable mate, how are you lining her up? Yeah. Well, I guess I can't fault that run last start, Ralphie. 1.1 above, eighth best of the day. 
beautiful signal from first up, like in terms of early speed improvement was fantastic, like improved like almost five lengths of early speed. Between the eight and the 400, if I compare it to the the first up run, like that horse has improved like seven lengths, like everything points to this horse really going places. And, uh, well, you know, it proved it with the last 400 metres, six lengths faster than standard, often two lengths below benchmark. Well, that's pretty pretty positive, Ralphie. Yeah. Now, the, the question is this. Can this horse run to the 3.5 that it did at Rose Hill last campaign. Now, right now, I've, I haven't pinned the horse with that figure because I'm not sure whether that's going to actually happen because of the, the nature of the race shape because I'm sort of tending towards we're going to run benchmark or below. Therefore, it's all about the sprint. So I just take a little bit of a different position on the way I attack the race. And it doesn't have the same sprint as Espiona. But class-wise, I do have to caution not even uh, whoever's listening, uh, but also myself, that it is technically the classiest horse in the field because Espiona has to take that next step, you know, from where we are right now. And I have an expectation that it will, but it still has to do it. So um, I sit back here and say, well, you're going to get the right race shape. You're going to be tagging everywhere. You've got got a world-class rider on board, Ralphie. So... Yeah, it's going to be a battle of uh, maybe Nash versus Moore. <laughs> Two handy jockeys, Vince. Mm. <laughs> and is that right, Bur- Blinker's first time as well? Who's that? For um, this horse. Uh, for Zugotcha? Uh, or was it last start? No, that last time. First yeah. Up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, second up. Yes, yeah, so that got her back on track for sure. Yeah. Um, just wondering, uh, when was I trying to intent? Four-year-old, I just wonder if grandfather is the golden eagle. So let's see see what happens tomorrow. We'll talk further. But I'll also round off with uh, with um, She's a Belter because that's a really interesting run. A first start for Annabelle Neesham. Uh, Vince, you've, you've said 100 million times on uh, on the Monday show, she gets her horses fit first up so she's had a stable change from the snowdens where she uh, showed great potential of course back in that coolmore she was uh, beaten 0.3 of a length to espiona uh, in a in a brutal race but she was she she missed that tempo but they asked her to back up in the uh, all-star mile and that was not a good idea but a barrier trial since was uh, looked looked good as far as the eye was concerned so what type of performance are you expecting from she's a belter yeah well i feel this is probably a runner that i should be pushing up the the grid at the moment, I you know I've got it pinned to two point five. But the reality is, given the circumstances like what it's done in the, that most recent trial at Warwick Farm, I would say <laughs> you couldn't ask for a better trainer to have your horse ready first up, realistically. And whilst I'm not having an expectation this horse is going to turn up and run three and a half above like it did at Rosehill last campaign, but you. It'd be unfair for me to suggest this horse can't run at least benchmark to plus one range. Is that going to be enough? Well, class-wise, I feel that if it gets down to a sprint over 400 metres, when I compare them to, it's probably about a length behind Espiona in terms of big sprint. But it's every bit as good. Zoo got you on a 400-metre sprint, though, Ralphie, right? Yep. Just the question mark will be, can't we take that next step and run well if we run the three and a half then you know i'm probably sitting there saying geez it could split both of them 
Well, if someone said that she's going to run three and a half, that thirteen dollars is an interesting price. So, what's well, a great uh, price? Yeah. So let's uh, let's try and uh, we'll talk more business tomorrow on that race. The Shan Stakes. It's a nice race there. Waterford's the favourite. I get why. There's a couple that you've. Uh, Putting your uh, early edition here on on the grid from uh, the Johnny O'Shea horses with uh, Kurt Kerwin's Lane there and Lions Raw, uh, their best is pretty sharp, uh, and they're actually pretty good odds too. So we'll try and break this down. Let's start with the race shape. What are you expected expectations here in the first leg of the quaddy? Well, surely we're not going to crawl. Well, I hope <laughs> not. I hope not. I hope Crosstalk goes out and rolls. Yes. And you know, Magical Lagoon puts a little bit of pressure pressure there and makes the race just at least at least what it's supposed to do in terms of the profile. The profile saying 0.4 above, plus two, that's where we should be running. And I, again, you know, like I like you know, like Rachel King on forward horses. So I, I see that happening. It doesn't matter how I look at it. And, and it's not a disadvantage to be, you know, running with that sort of speed. You actually give your horse an edge if you do that. If you don't do that, then you're going to be the first horse beaten. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting and forecasting a race shape that's going to be at least benchmark or maybe plus two. So let's have a look at a couple of the favourites here with uh, with race shape because Waterford's return was terrific behind Golden Mile. Cepheus is pretty fit. I mean, it hasn't, hasn't had much of a break. It's really uh, effectively been racing since February. Had a 55-day break before its uh, uh, Eagle Farm resumption. It's got Nash on board who knows this horse well, apart from being a jet, including a track distance group two win in March. Uh, I, I thought I get why Waterford's favourite, but gee, race shape's going to be interesting here because Cepheus looks like it's going to box seat and Waterford might be conceding a start. Yeah, and I, if I look at it from a, the card point of view, what price is it at the moment, Ralphie? This Who's is that? Waterford. Waterford. Waterford's $3 and uh, Cepheus is high fours. Yeah, I, I, I truly feel this, they've marked this horse wrong. Yeah, three dollars is too good a price. It should be longer. Like it's too, it, it's 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 too short. Even at three dollars, I mean, I, okay. I look at the last run. Say you've gone one point one lengths faster than standard. All right, so I, I'm taking that line of fit, and I look at the way the horse did it. It's going to be a very different race shape. Oh, well, I feel it will be. Now, if this horse runs to that speed early, now mind you. This is that's what the horse loves, that sort of speed. Yeah. Five, seven lengths below benchmark, just cruising around. That's when you get the best out of it. This is why this horse had that booming last four hundred of nine point seven lengths above at that last run, because it got the shape that it wants. If they run benchmark here to plus two, and this horse wants to run in its comfort zone, which is around seven lengths below benchmark, right? You're going to be nine, ten off, and you're not going to catch them. You're not going to catch the leaders. So therefore, you will have to run faster than that. And every time this horse runs, and I'm going purely off the facts of the data, Ralphie. Like, look at last campaign, Rosie, or fifteen hundred. You're running three point three lengths above benchmark, or you could produce over the last four hundred a plus four point six. So I have an expectation that's what where the horse probably has to be running at speed-wise, around that sort of pace. Therefore, the extension over the last 400 metres won't be there, and you're not going to get this phenomenal finish, which is why I feel they've got this horse at $3, because they're looking at it saying, it's an ambulance chaser. <laughs> Look at the big finish. Yep. Let's get everybody you know, rallied around it. Now, I could be wrong, and they crawl, and then the repeat comes into play, right? Yep. 
Then all of a sudden, they're stacked up. This horse is travelling seven lengths below benchmark, only four off the leader. With that sort of finish, then I could say, oh, well, if that happens, then $3.20 is probably gold price. But I'm not forecasting that. So when well, that Rose Hill win that I spoke about, Waterford ran second in that race, and at the 800-metre mark, Cepheus uh, is six lengths in front of it. So <laughs> that's exactly what you're referring to again yeah. here. And yeah, and now we look at Cepheus, right? <sighs> Oh, I just sit back in. So, well, you got the you got the great rider. Love that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big plus. You're rock hard fit. You've been up since February, Ralphie. It's a long time, right? But in its favour, like it came off like a long, long break as well. <laughs> this is the challenge I have. Can you really get yourself above benchmark tomorrow? Now, fitness wise. Race pattern-wise, you are in the absolute golden position. And do you have the best rider who can take advantage of all that? Yes. The question is this. All the intel saying you're trending negative. So that's my problem. You're actually trending negative. And therefore, when I've pinned you, like I pinned the horse at point one. That's probably as good as I can pin it, even though there is one run at Doombin where I could turn around and say, okay, well, maybe this horse is going to go a length above. But all the intel saying, even if I did that, that gets you top four at best because you've been up too long and the so data's that, giving weak signals at the end. So that explains uh, what, what you've outlined there as to why, um, you know, you, you've got moderate uh, pay, uh, confidence here and why you also you've put a couple of these John O'Shea runners in. So just quickly, uh, Kerwin's Lane and Lions Raw. Firstly, Lions Raw, we know if he, if he brings his, his absolute A game first up, uh, there, there won't be a better price in Australia than $18 tomorrow. So the question is, what's the level of expectations for him of two pretty soft trials, but uh, but they have been 1,040-metre trials? Well, I say, let's not be geniuses and let's just go to what the horse did on 18th of March at Rose Hill, 1,500 metres. You just look at that race and say, okay, well, the horse got beaten a fair way, two and a half lengths. But that was, that's, that's a hot field, Ralphie. And a mo fag girl. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a very, very hot what field. Odds and you? <laughs> and I, I actually felt the horse, uh, unfortunate race shape. Yeah. As well. 8.4 below. That didn't work for the horse. The horse likes a lot more pressure like than that. Like there's no way. See if this if this race they're running benchmark plus two, this horse will be traveling three lengths below benchmark, two lengths below benchmark, maybe four at worst. A much better uh, pressure race for it. And if they go a bit faster, that'll actually suit the horse more. And there and there's the performance. It's two point one lengths above the IVR benchmark. Okay, ranking on the day was in the middle of the road around 53, but the reality is this. The horse was just booming at the end, giving all the right signals of the horse, was obviously travelling well for the first up, then ran into those tracks that the horse didn't appreciate, wet ground-wise. Yep. Finished off that... Well, that day at Wagga back in May, Ralphie, if you go and watch the tape, where that horse was <laughs> and what it did, uh, any other day would always win, right? Yeah. Always win. Now, trial was very smart. You would need to keep some speed in your legs, and that's what they've done. And I just sort of sit back here and say, well, okay, you're gonna... I can't not give it the 2.1, Ralphie. There's... I've got no reason not to. And 
I got slight queries about certain things with Waterford. I got some slight queries with Cephas. Uh, how do you pronounce it, Ralph? Number three. Cepheus. Cepheus. So then I sit back here and say, okay, well, I know you're 20, 25 to one. You're definitely overs, 100%. Yeah, 100% and, and the stable mate Kerwin's late. It was sound first up in this uh, in this race that we referred to where Waterford ran third. Yeah, I'm probably surprised why this horse shouldn't be close to favourite with Crosstalk, right? Because that's what the way I feel is they, these are the two horses that should be pushing for the favouritism. That last start run, definitely negative early first section, eight lengths below benchmark, but help the horse for today. Yeah. But 100% negative. 1.8 below benchmark between the eight and the four. That's an excellent move of around six lengths, one second of exertion. 8.5 lengths above benchmark last 400 metres. I can tell you that if they get down to that, Kerwin's Lane will definitely be going past Waterford. Right. Or if, if Waterford's behind it, he won't be going past Kerwin's Lane either. That you can be very confident that's what will happen. If we see anything like that, there's no way Waterford will get past this horse. And that's why I sit back and say, well, I've got to have you where you are. You're a rock-solid 1.9 above. Do we need any confirmation? Well, no, we don't because it came out of that same race, Ralphie, right? Yep. And if that's not enough, well, how about we go and look at another run? This is what I was looking at, right? And I said, all right, the day when it, it won and the beat lines raw and a tissue. Well, of course, that was the uh, the Villiers, so that <laughs> was serious, serious performance. So class-wise... It's there. Now, obviously, you know, Waterford, there's been a lot of talk about this horse having a ton of talent, and maybe they're looking for Epsons or Doncasters, whatever they're looking, looking for with Waterford, and they have a big expectation. Well, we're going to find out tomorrow. Yep. All right. So sounds like there's a bit of a case, particularly if we're taking quaddies, that uh, if we can get the favourite beat, and there could be some big odds value there. So you've outlined those. We'll talk business tomorrow. Uh, a couple of benchmark races to finish the day, but they're, they're strong benchmark races. There's a couple of these mm-hmm. that have shown good talent. So looking forward to w- what they can do tomorrow. Uh, race nine, this is the uh, the benchmark 88 that we uh, start with here. The favourite for the race it's, is, is Chorton Lane. I get it. Uh, it, it. It was very good in Sydney. It was okay in Melbourne, just okay. Uh, from Pirelli. Uh, so as far as uh, your race shape-wise, how are you breaking this one down? Well, speed-wise, Ralphie, probably no pace is what I'm yep. seeing. And, I, you know, I'm looking at the intel. The intel is sort of indicating we're a big chance of going minus three, minus six. And therefore, we could be set up for a race that's going to be all about either the last four, six, maybe the last 800, possibly. Depends if someone pulls the trigger a bit quicker. But we're definitely in line for a big last six or 400 metres. And therefore, that's going to be negative for the leaders. If any, well, four valors, one off sort of pinned as going forward. But Towie, maybe that'll help the horse a little bit and... Uh, is it journalism? Is the other runner that I yep. expect to go forward? I don't see any advantage for that horse unless they go a lot faster. So this does set it up for the midfielders. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying no to the back marks, but 100% sets it up for the midfielders. And this now puts us in a really good position with a, a number of horses. Now, Chorton Lane, that's the favourite. Is, is that what you're yeah. saying, Ralphie? Yep. Mm. Yeah, well, look, I... I'm on the fence with this horse. I mean, stable-wise, I get it. We know what the stable can do anything. It hasn't broken benchmark yet, and you do you will need to break benchmark here, and you are going into a race with at least two horses 
that are going to have no problems running plus one, plus two. So I'll be very interested to see what this horse can do. And I look, I look very carefully at that Rose Hill run, Ralphie, on the 12th of the 8th. And I just sit back and say, okay, where can I find more lengths for you? 3.4 lengths below benchmark first section. That's a good pace for this horse. It went 0.5 below benchmark between the 8 and the 4, again, using the energy perfectly. And then look at those micro splits, Ralphie. Between the 6 and the 4, 0.3 above. Between the 4 and the 2, 1.1 above. So you're improving your speed. And then maximum energy, last 400, uh, 200 metres, plus 3.1. I say, yep, yeah, that's that's you. And how I franked it, saying that's you, that's probably all you can get, is I go to that very first race start at Rose Hill and you have a look off a super slow race pace, then gets all the favours in the micro splits and the most it could do last 200 metres was 4.5 above. And then I pin it back in and say, well, that's you. You don't have a booming 400 metres sprint. So you are going to be dictated by how a race is run. And if this race is how I'm forecasting, not a lot of speed, and we get down to who's got their best last 400, it won't be this horse. So Pirelli's an interesting horse. He uh, resumed uh, uh, gelded, so he's <laughs> but he'd been a bit of a been a, been a bit of a thief for the punters. <laughs> he's always been very deep in the market. Again, he lost it narrowly, but it was to Garza Blanker who won again last last week, and he dominated at Mooney Valley probably with uh, with a couple of things against him too, but not not in a huge time. What's his upside? None. Right. So that, yeah, that, that, there you go. I don't for think so. Yeah, so what is he? He's having a six six run in. So there's a challenge for two of the favourites here. So let, let's drill down on a couple you've got in your most advantage. Vienna Princess, off, off a little freshen, but, gee, that winning performance was a very serious performance. Had no luck uh, the, here at, uh, at, at the 1st of July and then uh, was unlucky enough to find the old boy. Brutality suddenly found uh, found his old A game. So Vienna Princess, if there's an expectation that she turns up, had a little barrier trial off a 70-day break, she's got a pretty big figure to, to beat. Yeah, and we're just sort of going with some of the things we touched on last carnival, Ralph, where we've really learnt about what happens when you're coming off these uh, shorter breaks. Yeah. That usually you've got the opportunity of pinning one big run in and then that's it. So there's a big chance this is what's going to happen. And so I'm taking a little bit of faith that this is the situation, backing the the work in terms of you know, past simulation works, indicating that this is the sort of profile you need to look for, that sort of blueprint. Love the fact that they just had that uh, trial where you just maintaining, right, and the signal is that you are rock-hard fit. You're going to keep speed in your legs. If it gets down to an acceleration of the last 400 metres, well, it's probably got the same sort of 400-metre acceleration like Chorton Lane is. The only advantage the horse has if they happen to go faster, it'll probably suit the horse. And if they go slower, I feel the horse will probably have more built-up energy and therefore may be able to kick even harder than what it's done in terms of the last two – what was it? The Ram, Ramwick run back in July, that was a 4.4 lengths above benchmark last 400. But look at the difference in the mid-race. If you compare that to Chorton Lane, it went – like at least six, seven lengths faster in the mid-race in terms when you're calculating mid-race speed. I look at the combined last two splits, 5.4 above between the eight and the four, 4.4 above. That's 11, uh, well, maybe my calculations are wrong. It's 9.8 lengths, right? (sighs) 
So I just feel there's a big chance this horse's last 400 could be six, seven lengths faster than standard and should probably could just go past everybody. Only bad luck, right? Yep. See, I'm not in love with the rider. You know, I know the riders, all these, but for me, when it comes down to the money, I get nervous when I see him. I get very, very nervous. Now, I wouldn't have said that 10 years ago, but I do now, right? Of course. So that dulls me a little bit, but I'm not going to deny the horse. This is he, he should be able to win with this horse. There you go. And I don't want to finish this race without asking about Kokoro. It's twelve dollars, mm-hmm. eleven dollars. Um, first up uh, at Kenzo for the uh, for the three kilo claim, and nothing went right. I'm looking back last prep. Second up, this track, this distance. It ran second in dynamic time to Lindemann, and I love this race because, of course, I had a little uh, little little something on Lindemann in the at, at the big price because the market underestimated that it was a benchmark seventy eight rather than what actually happened on the clock. So it was a good sharp run. That was a tough run, Ralphie. Pressure all the way and really sort of brought to the forefront what this horse loves. This horse loves to be in races where there's pressure. Yep. And he proved that day all sections were above benchmark. So if for some reason we have this sort of setup, so if it becomes a race where there's we're looking at the last 800 metres and they put the pressure on some – you, there is always this chance they could go just inside the 1,000, right? There's a chance. But if they took off at the 800, well, I can say to you with a lot of confidence, either the 8 or the 13 will win. Nice. All right, we'll talk business tomorrow. Let's finish with the uh, with the last race. It's benchmark 78, but again, there's a couple of horses of nice talent here. Well, starting with Extravagant Star. Now, this is the first prep for Mar Eustace. Really good win last start and four weeks between runs. It had a bit of a boom on it when it started its career when it was with T- Team McAvoy, uh, but he, he, she put it together there on uh, uh, the here, rather. Uh, this track, this distance, four weeks ago. What's your level of expectation tomorrow for the favourite? Well, I can't fault it. Yeah. Definitely can't fault it. In a big field, it's going to get good race pace with solid pressure. It's going to be in the golden position. This actually suits this rider as well, that type of setup. I don't like when this sort of rider, we're talking about Collett, right, he finds yep. himself in slower horses and he can easily mistime his run and also puts himself in an awkward spot for lane positioning. But with this horse, oh, if he makes a mistake here, I'll go, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Right, because it's virtually impossible for him to make a mistake because there's going to be pressure. He's going to like that. He's going to have this horse in the golden position, and he's going to have the pick of. In in, in other words, he can't make a mistake with the lanes. He's going to have all of them in front of him, and therefore he has to be the starting point. Point of this is the horse they've all got to run down over the last two fifty, and I feel the collet is going to expose that and allow this horse its chance to take that next step and be, I would say, almost the horse to beat. Definitely on on the, the race shape, it's the horse to beat, but I'm not sure. It all, a lot's got to do with what happens with the 13 OJ. Yeah, so there's a horse that's only won one race, but we know it's got talent. It had a big booming uh, second at Caulfield uh, early uh, August uh, in 2022. But of course, it it needs dry ground. So if you take away its wet track runs, it's it's really far off, including first up at Rarewick. Yes, and I feel that why I wanted to have it where it is on the grid is 
because I'm forecasting pace, right? And this is one of yep. the big things about when you're being a form student is if you get your like if I get the if I get it badly wrong, the forecast of the speed, it generally could mean like if I'm participating in the race, my money's like in a lot of trouble, right? It's like it's, <laughs> it's not like giving out your money either. No, it's not looking good. So you have a look what it did first up. Nine point three lengths below benchmark first thing, you already know hope. Yeah. Right. How good's the horse going though? It went 2.2 lengths above benchmark between the eight and the four, almost a two-second two exertion. Really, what you should be doing, you should be having a massive taper in the negative over the last 200 metres. The taper was only 0.7 of a length. Gives me a sign the horse was obviously very well ready for this race. But the last 400 was plus five. And I'm saying, well, that horse wanted to be a racehorse and really wanted to run faster pace, it's going to appreciate this is going to probably be a negative for a whole bunch of other horses. Now, whether it gets the luck, well, I'm hoping that uh, we've got the right man on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got the right man, and he, he he's a master of that. Now, he might not be a master of the lanes in Sydney, so hopefully he doesn't get caught in any traffic. And if that doesn't happen, he's the one that I feel is going to be the, the one that's going to test out the extravagant star, and we'll see what happens over that last couple hundred metres. All right, so we've got lots to think about here. Uh, some uh, real, real good deep dive into into most of the races. We'll talk business tomorrow. We really appreciate you being a customer of Year Round Carnival Preview, and uh, hopefully, uh, you, not hopefully, you'll be getting the final update along with the uh, your final edition of Race Speed Profiles uh, around about uh, ten o'clock tomorrow morning. In the meantime, hope you enjoyed our preview of Golden Rose Day two thousand twenty three.